Hi, and welcome to episode 75 of Coffee with Mirko. I'm glad that you're here, and uh, I hope you're so safe and well. I just want to thank you for being listening, and thank you for tuning in, and thank you for being part of this coffee community. I really appreciate each and one of you guys tuning in, listening to uh, our podcast, our live streams, it's just really uh, a real pleasure and uh, today we are Nissan and he's already tuned in so without further ado we're gonna bring him in and have a chat. Hey. Good morning. How are Hi. you brother? Good, good, good. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, giving us an hour of your time. I know you're busy with your work and I really appreciate you coming here and have a chat with us and uh, before we get started uh, how are you and your family with this whole situation yeah we are fine I mean my family is in another city in a village so they are having their retirement life so they're pretty good I would say like isolated all the time so we stayed at home like three months i stayed at home i almost stuck in netherlands at the beginning of this uh situation because our government canceled all the flights back home and i was in amsterdam for amsterdam coffee festival and then they canceled and then i had to fly to zurich and then yeah. from Zurich to Istanbul. So it was a little bit complicated at the beginning, but then I was at home until, I would say, middle of June. Okay. But after June, it's pretty good. I mean, the business is good, but right now numbers are not so good because we had holidays and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, we are fine. Most of my friends are fine. I mean, almost all. I didn't hear anyone from my circle get the got the virus or anything like that. But yeah, it's, it's good. pretty good. What about you? Yeah, good, good. We are still in lockdown in Melbourne because uh, we are we are you know we still still stuck, but. It is what it is. We just got to take a positive outlook out of it. And uh, well, um, Nathan, um, I just um, as a first question that I have for you is, could you kindly tell us a bit more about how you started your coffee journey and coffee career? Uh, I, to be honest, I started as home barista because I graduated as software engineer from college. And uh, during my college years, I was brewing coffee at home, like with filter coffee machine or French press mostly. Then I, I didn't quite like the taste of the coffee, to be honest. Mm. Like, like, it was like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and then I was like, okay, if everyone is talking about, oh, okay, rich aroma, perfect taste, balance this and that then there should be something right i mean should, there should be something for my then i started to search online forums and uh 
social media like Google forums back in that time. Then I found the uh, alt.coffee and Coffee Geek and Home Barista. Then I ordered my first V60, which was plastic, and I'm still using it at home. <laughs> and yeah, I started to brew coffee, and then I realized that coffee is really good. It, it tastes good. <laughs> the connection is very, the connection is actually very jumpy, um, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you keep coming in and out of connection. Um, really, which, yeah, I'm not sure if you're. I'll try. Change my network. Maybe this will be a little bit better. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so you, you still have the first V60 that you purchased and uh, you fell in love with coffee yes. pretty much. Yeah, then I. I was buying coffees from different roasters, and in 2013, I believe, uh, the first third wave or specialty coffee shop uh, place was open in Istanbul, and I was buying from him or other small roasteries or from Europe or somewhere else, brewing coffee at home. Then I purchased my espresso machine, one group espresso machine, yeah, and then I, to be honest, I like my job as a software engineer back in that time. And then I said, okay, maybe I can challenge myself and do something else. What about coffee? Because I like coffee. It's, I have passion for coffee. and uh, But having a coffee shop, staying there from, I don't know, for long hours or opening a roastery, roasting co coffee at the high temperatures and sweating like a pig all the time. It was not for my thing. Then I studied on that. I thought what I can do. Then I, at end of 2016, I started my coffee career as a freelance barista. Mm. Then, which, is, uh, yeah. which is really cool because you just proven that it's possible to start off such a big jump from software engineering to coffee, uh, yeah. which is beautiful. Uh, you know, and like you said, you were enjoying software engineering. It's just that uh, at the time you wanted a different challenge, and you you sort of this is a big passion of mine. I think it's such an underestimated question that we should ask ourselves on a daily basis: What are you passionate about? And sometimes people say to me, you know, oh well. I'm passionate about uh, football. And I say, it's okay, because you can become a football manager, a sporting director, a scout, uh, you know, a, a blogger, a photographer, you name it, a journalist, or even the commentator. Like, there's so many yeah. different jobs within football. And that's the same with coffee. Like you said, you're like, I'm not keen to be roasting, as, you know, be near, you know, in a hot position all day. But I'm so passionate about coffee, and you pursue that passion. And how difficult was it for you to be in, a, you know, in Turkey, which is such a strong coach around coffee, but not quite uh, the third wave, as it's called. I like everything at the start. It was difficult, not easy. I mean, 
especially the things I want to do. I want to do, I, so right now we are doing three things. I, I think I need to explain this. Mm. First one, the first one is training. The second one is consulting. And the third one was uh, doing events, serving coffee, specialty coffee at uh, events, like you name it, any event, fairs, festivals, whatsoever. So at that time, I was trying to show myself at the events and I was trying to convince companies they should invest more for the coffee catering service so they can attract more people or they the visitors can stay at their booth for a longer time. So it took like six or seven months to find my first client mm -hmm. and we are still working. It was like three and a half or four year right now. So it was really difficult. Plus, uh, Turkish people are very conservative. <clears throat> so probably the most conservative people on earth because imagine a metropoli metropolit metropolitan city, which is Istanbul, which doesn't have a Chinatown in the world. So I think we are the, we have this only in Turkey. So when I say, okay, I can do training, I can do this and that, they're like, but have you ever worked on a bar? I said, no, but do I need to? So Mourinho was a translator, but he has Champions League or you name it, anything you can imagine right now. So it, it was really difficult, but some people trusted me. And when we worked together, one work, created another work and created another. And this was like a chain reaction. Then people realized that, yeah, you don't need to do this in order to serve for a purpose. Yeah, and, 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 and that's sort of like what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think, you know, it's important that what you're doing is pretty much you're one of the pioneers in Turkey for the movement and you're kind of like trying to introduce it and uh, it's really admirable because it takes a lot of resilience and it takes quite a certain type of character to uh, to be able to to receive a few no's or maybe a lot of no's um, it's not easy um, I've done a job where I had to you know you know my my conversion rate was pretty much I don't know two percent yeah. if lucky or not, like on a good week uh, so <laughs> I get it. It's difficult, um, especially because it gets hard because when you know that what you're doing or saying would actually be better for people, because a lot of time sales is looked in a bad light that you're trying to sell them to make money. But when you're actually providing a solution that would make people's lives or businesses better or, uh, you know, advance and, you know, uh, being able to progress it's it can be frustrating, but you've been you know persisting and keep going. Was competing and reaching three times, winning three times the national barista in Turkey, a motivating boost for you, and also a little bit of a almost like a business card when you now talk with with conservative people and you say, well, actually, I'm the number one barista in Turkey, so to speak. 
Yeah. Yeah, it helped me a lot, to be honest, because it, when I first started, nobody knew me in the industry. Uh, so it helped me a lot to open some doors, to meet some people, because if you go to a place and say, hey, my name is Nissan, who the fuck are you? I mean, <laughs> so, but when you go, yeah, hi, my name is Nissan and I'm the champion of Turkey. Oh, hey, the, 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 mm. the behavior is different, which is not good, but this is the world. I mean, yeah. yeah. But you're also fighting, you're also fighting a, tough, a tough battle because you're not... Yeah in a city like Melbourne or like you said, you know, you're in a more conservative yeah. area, which brings extra challenges. So I get you, it's not nice, but it's an extra tool in your toolbox when you yeah. need it. Yeah, um, exactly. Why, what made you go, I'm going to compete? Yeah, this is a funny story, to be honest. The first, the first competition, uh, the year before I competed, for the first time, I was watching the competitions. Uh, I think it was the worst competition in Turkish history. I mean, probably people will confirm this, if you ask. Because we had uh, 12 baristas competing at the barista competition, and six were disqualified. So, if, yeah, a friend of mine was competing, and he had some problem at a grinder, and he said, I mean, he finished this competition at the, at three minutes. He didn't serve one single espresso, but he was on the finals because the other six were disqualified. So we were talking with a close friend of mine, uh, and I was like, you know what? I can do better, probably many of these guys. And he was like, no, you cannot. Yes, I can. No, you cannot. Then why don't you compete next year? I said, okay, done. Challenge accepted. Then I competed. I became second at my first competition, like super close. Uh, then probably it was the first seeds of my coffee career, I would say. Good. And, and, and then obviously uh, that pushed you to sort of keep going and keep training and yeah. uh, the next year, I believe, you won your first one. Yes, yes. You know, I, I, I can call myself a fighter. I don't stop until I consume everything of what I started. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this is not the end. So I'm going to compete and I'm going to win. And <laughs> then I won, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and competing, competition looks easier than what it is. I mean... It's not, it's not that easy, both mentally and physically, and also financially, depending which category you sort yeah. of compete in. But uh, what would you say to people who want to start to compete? I mean, now it's a bit difficult with the virus, but in a normal scenario, what's your advice, number one, to a young barista who wants, not uh, even old, it doesn't matter, who wants to start competing? Yeah, the, the first advice or only advice I can give, start, I mean, prepare yourself mentally. I mean, if you want to win. If your aim is, okay, I, I just want to have fun, then go and have fun. It's Okay, don't spend too much money, just buy a coffee from retail, 
just ask people for equipment or whatsoever and then go and compete. But if you want to do something serious, prepare yourself mentally. Because I don't know how many times I fought with my friends or my girlfriend or the people who tries to help me. I mean, like we were almost fighting, like punching each other, stuff like that. Plus, if you want to do something really, really serious, especially with the Turkish lira, the valuation and stuff like that, you need you will spend a lot of money. <clears throat> that, that's for sure. Prepare yourself. Don't say, okay, why this is so expensive? Why should I buy this? Just to prepare your mind as well, you need to buy some stuff more than you need. Because imagine if you broke or break some glass. So you need some uh, extra ones. So you need to spend more money. You need to buy more coffee. You need to do this. And even for one second or 0.5 points, if you need to spend like a thousand euros or dollars, you will spend because zero point, I mean, 0.5 points is too much. Mm. Yeah, and read the rules. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you prepare yourself mentally uh, before you jump into the arena? I, I cannot, to be honest. You cannot? I, okay. I, I cannot. I mean, I don't know. I start preparing or preparations around 8 to 9 uh, a.m., and I leave the training place around 1 a.m. in the night, usually. And yeah, sometimes I stay alone. I tell my friends, okay, go. I want to stay alone. And yeah, I watch some videos, like, I don't know, funny videos, cat videos, stuff like that. And I, I lift some weights. This helps me a lot. I try to go to gym almost every day. So lifting weights help me. So maybe one sport like swimming, I don't know, running or something like that. It can help. I just put my earphones and listen my music. Try to not to think anything. This kind of helps. But... I cannot say I'm the the best one or I can handle this like I should do, to be honest. I think that's, yeah. but that's, but that's okay because it's something that you yeah. can work towards. Um, it's yeah. something you, you have sort of narrowed down what, what, what you need to, what you can look at improving and then you work on it, which is fantastic. And, and so, you know, you started a few years back and, since then, since the very first specialty coffee shop that opened in Istanbul, uh, how has the coffee scene changed in the past, you know, five, Ooh. six, seven years? It's booming. I mean, oh. like, there are many, many, many coffee shops, many, many groceries right now, small ones, big ones. Everyone is investing for, so to speak, specialty coffee. Not all of them, of course, but... They are trying to improve their coffee game. Anyone, I mean, Chibo, 
mean, you know, Starbucks Reserve, we have like maybe 20 reserve shops here. Uh, now some companies are bringing coffee from coffee imports or Nordic approach. They were like local dealers bringing um, single origin, but kind of commercial coffees or let's say fine coffees, not specialty. Now they're bringing from uh, Nordic approach, their representative, I guess, uh, some other companies like coffee imports. People are buying. I mean, they are investing. And now I would say thanks to lockdown or virus, many people have uh, coffee equipment at home, grinders, I don't know, V60s or kettles or scales so, whatsoever. So people are buying more coffee online. Well, yeah, which was actually one of my next questions. Um, so now basically because of the lockdown, have you seen also what you were saying, like a bit of a, a spike with people brewing at home? And the reason why I'm asking is because I believe that this is such an important element for the industry because personally I think that the more home brewers and home baristas, uh, the better it is in a way because they will start appreciating more certain type of coffees as well as certain type of coffee shops. And they're hopefully going to appreciate the role as a, as a barista with a different eyesight, a different mindset. Like, okay, well, it's not just the barista. It's oh, this guy knows his stuff or, you know, this girl knows her yeah. stuff. So... I think exactly. So, how how much and what's what's popular amongst Turkey as far as home brewing? Uh, mostly V sixty, I would say, <laughs> and Chemex and I repress, I guess, mostly. Okay. And uh, many people have Comandante and Grinder right now, which is kind of, I would say, expensive if you compare to others. But local dealer here, distributor is doing great job. So we have a Time More distributor. I think they are doing good. And we have a new hand grinder manufacturer here. They're building here. So I guess they're doing a good job as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think this is temporary, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Brewing at home. Yeah, I mean, at least 10% will be, uh, will stay there. They will brew at home constantly. But most of them are like, okay, we are at home. Let's brew coffee. Let's make our coffee. And the next day when they, when they go to office, they will forget. But this is like a, how, how can I say, raindrop effect. So once they taste a good coffee, their friends will taste as well or family members. So it will be like a raindrop effect. Like, Yeah, yeah, I know what you, ripple, yeah, ripple what, effect. Get, yeah, yeah, it's it. ripple effect, yeah. yeah. It, it's true because then, you know, once you have that good cup of coffee and uh, you made it yourself and then you go to a shop and you don't like the coffee, um, then you start picking on some defects or some errors um, which, which is cool. I think it, it, it starts with one single conversation, like you were, you know, at the early days of your career, one of the few. 
and now you know you've seen the movement changing um and and speaking of movement like you know turkish turkish coffee the way you guys make it originally it's still very big um, have you seen different coffee going in like what's the turkish coffee scene um i mean to be honest there is not only one turkish coffee so that as far as i know there are more than 40 different recipes so during war for example they did a coffee like beverage with chickpeas in a city so i mean turkey is really interesting country so if you change one city from the next one you can find different recipe or different kind of coffee so but typical turkish coffee or the the, the traditional turkish coffee is a uh, it was co- mostly coffees from yemen mm-hmm. and kind of delicious but right now for the last 50 years maybe it is uh, the lowest grade of brazil specifically from rio minas and it is not good but right now what we are doing is we are using any coffee for jazva coffee or ibrik coffee so i don't prefer to say turkish coffee because when people say to me what is turkish coffee automatically i think as beverage not the preparation method yeah okay so this, gotcha. this is what what in my mind what's in my mind so Right now you can put any coffee. I mean, this is what we are doing, but mostly the feedbacks are okay, this is not Turkish coffee, this is something else. Yeah, but it is delicious. Like a natural Which... Ethiopian or a geisha, it can surprise you in Turkish coffee or Jezre coffee. Which is fantastic because yeah. it's, it's it's like because I think, you know, my country so I think the Mokapo, you know, I think at the end of the day the method is one element but a lot to do is the recipe the yeah. coffee that goes in there and the water that, that you know those are the three elements the the, the three biggest variables um yeah. same with you know siphons or you know more more uh, cultural kind of ways to make coffee and that's okay I, i think actually it's almost more connecting if the method is known with different coffee in my opinion because at least you know if I, if i go to my parents and start making an aeropress you and i it's very normal they're going to look at it and like oh it's plastic i don't know any it's already a barrier the method forget about the coffee that goes in it i think that i made them a mocha and maybe change the filter for a specialty coffee filter for the mocha a, a different recipe maybe the james hoffman recipe and i put in a beautiful coffee that's going to be not too crazy but much sweeter and less bitter freshly roasted you know freshly grounded all of a sudden they expect something because they know the mocha pot but the end result in the in the cup is going to be so different and i think it's actually quite beneficial to try those traditional methods with different coffees yeah 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 exactly but still at the end of the day they say ah oh, this is not like turkish coffee this is something different this is good but Yeah. Which is good. It's okay. Yeah. If they like it, 
it's good. But again, we are very conservative. So I don't think many of them will go at coffee shop and ask, you know what, can you make this Turkish coffee with this bean or, or something like that? Yeah. Because we don't appreciate Turkish coffee, to be honest. As Turks, we don't appreciate Turkish coffee. Mm, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because, um, it, should be, it should be cheap, the cheapest, or it should be served for free after you eat a meal in a place as gesture. This is what we expect. I mean, we don't, we yeah. don't appreciate the preparation method the history, like, this is, this is the oldest method, like 500 years. So I think That's we should... Amazing. Yeah, we should, we should do this. I mean, I don't know. Kind of broken my heart, but yeah. Well, there's always hope. Um, and, and, and Nisa, before I jump into a question that is connected to what we're talking about, this is the... Um, we kind of reached the halfway of the of the chat, and uh, I usually ask the same question to everybody. It's a out of the box question. Um, if you could, who would you like uh, to have dinner with? Cool. From coffee be, or anyone? Anyone. It's your hmm. dinner, guest. Hmm. The difficult question. Again. Now we're taught. <laughs> Uh, probably Peter McKinnon. Okay. Yeah. He's a videographer, photographer, Canadian. Maybe you know. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. It's good. It's, it's, I love to ask this question and uh, yeah. there's no right or wrong answer. It's your, it's, it's your, uh, it's good. Uh, uh, sort of, I'm going to check him out later for sure, Peter McKinnon. Um, and sort of transitioning from a traditional uh, way to make coffee, like you were saying, breaks your heart, you know. Istanbul, I think, you know, it's such a beautiful, it's such an interesting place, you know. It's in the middle between East and West and uh, throughout hi a huge history. Uh, and it has, like, you know, it still is the epicenter of many different cultures, many different you know, you got religions and all of that. Like, I find it fascinating how now potentially coffee's kind of, you know, making its way into being part of Istanbul, and it's just a different little culture. You know, like 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 you know, it's yeah. like okay, well, for five hundred years it was like this, and now you are actually part of the historical moment in the Turkish coffee because in in a thousand years. They're going to talk about, you know, you and all the other people involved in Turkey saying, well, actually, this guy started brewing this way or that way. So do you see how, you know, in the future, this is a quite a historical moment for Istanbul coffee scene? Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, still, when you check, there are like five to ten people, I would say, uh, who started this moment. And... We are still in business, so I think I think it will be at at some point it will be because whatever you do, people talk because being pioneer or bandwagon, this is it. I mean, 
So I think I'm not sure from thousand years from now on if people will, will talk about us, but at some point people will talk, you know what, there was this guy and this guy and this girl or this woman, they started this movement and they did great job or bad jobs or whatsoever. And yeah, mostly some people will laugh about us, what we were dealing. Yeah, yeah, it will happen because it, it, you are developing, you know, evolving. And when we yeah. look at like 50 years ago, what people were doing, we were laughing. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty much the same. I think it's a beautiful spot to be in the sense that, you know, I'm looking at, I'm just going to make a small comparison, but, you know, for instance, Indonesia, right? Indonesia, such a big, passionate country about coffee, right? Yeah. And now it's that we're starting to see much more, you know, for the past, especially 10 years, is big boom and growth of different style of coffee, how they roast their, even the processing of farm. And, you know, yeah. obviously we've seen people like uh, Mikael Jassin, uh, you know, reaching, yeah. you know, top top 10 in the world, top five, I can't remember, I think top five, yeah. WBC. So I think, and it's, you know, all these people are slowly, like you were saying, with the ripple effort putting, in this case, Indonesia on the map. And I think Turkey is just going to be another of those stories of such a passionate country about coffee. Yes, conservative, but, you know, you guys have just started there, your job, and, yeah. uh, and, and uh, I really looking forward to see what's next for Turkey because I think it's going to be really interesting to see what, what, um, yeah. what maybe, what, what maybe we grow, maybe we grow coffee. There's a guy from my hometown, yeah. uh, southern part of Turkey. He planted some coffee beans. Now they did the first harvest. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we, yeah, yeah maybe we grow our own coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. And, and, Something um, that's always related to coffee to hospitality. I think hospitality is a very much, uh, you know, a very, very much strong element of the coffee industry. Without hospitality, there's no coffee, in my opinion. Um, how's, how important is to, like, is hospitality in a coffee shop in Turkey the same as, you know, hospitality you get? Uh, when you have visit, you know, when you visit someone's house, like is uh, is that a big strong element from my understanding? Uh, at some places, yes, but mo but mostly no. I think this is our main problem in our independent coffee shops. I would say the mm. yeah, the coffee is good, design is good, the, the cups are really cool, everything is good. I mean, but the hospitality, the baristas are not smiling or when you try to engage, they seem like they don't want to do most of the time. This, I think this is the main problem. When I, do, when I do training, I say, okay, they say Turks, Turkish people are, are very hospitable people, but this is not a... Uh, right saying but you can prove it is wrong it is right so you should smile 
even if you have a bad coffee or let's say medium class coffee with a smile or with your service customer service or whatsoever you can make your guests feel comfortable and enjoy that coffee more yeah yeah uh, I, I, I think there are there are some places here i feel super comfortable i know they don't have super good coffee they have okay coffee but i prefer to go to those places you yeah, see i think i think it's the full experience isn't it like like, like yes it's like drinking coffee at home alone but drinking coffee at home with your whole family or friends yeah. or yeah. Uh, you know it's it's different you know I'd rather I rather drink a okay coffee uh, but with company and talking and engaging because it's still such a human people interaction connected yes. moment like you said it's you know in turkey is a 500 year history of behind coffee it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's all coffee is almost an excuse to connect to bring different groups of people together to to connect the pieces and create and tell the stories and sharing yeah. the knowledge about different things yeah a friend of mine once told me the coffee is the cheapest luxury and i think that's right it is the cheapest luxury to to relax to go out to i don't know have fun sit and chat with your friends or loved ones i think we need to focus on full experience not just only good coffee or good machine or good design architecture whatsoever but from entering the place till getting out yeah yeah i agree and i think to add think, a piece of that go on. yeah i think this is what most of the coffee shops in turkey are missing they focus on buying uh the good quality machines grinders and coffees but not focusing on leveling up their customer service which which is actually something that we see even in other places in the world even here yeah. you know there's really? this yeah i mean we i think there is there's a difference between knowing that you should have good customer service and actually doing it i mean look a lot of a lot of people do an amazing job but you still have the odd one to where you know where is cultural differences where is you know they're just not but you know generally speaking it's quite good uh, but i think to add to that i think there's also a need to make the experience better for the home brewers because i think you know because of the lockdown and you know maybe there's going to be another one yeah. uh yeah. soon yeah. or next year in winter you know look at europe they're looking like it's going to go second yeah. lockdown you never know and um and i think it's quite the same i think maybe there's a there's a way to connect with people and have enjoy the brew maybe like this virtually i'm actually uh, planning to do a big virtual coffee table at some stage mm -hmm. hopefully the next week but the, i think nice. having a better experience drinking that coffee at home would be interesting and we'll see more people innovating so for instance um amy and mathieu they're now sending 
even the water that they use uh, with their package. Mm. So not only you get the coffee, you get the recipe, but also the water they use pre-packed. So like ultimately you are pretty much almost guaranteed to have a very, very similar experience that they you know, want you to have. So I think experience is very important with coffee. Um, yeah. In terms of coffee, like what's your, what's your sort of mission for the coming years? Uh, so the, my main mission is to reach out more people, mm-hmm. especially in Turkey. So that's why I'm trying to build a online course like Barista Hustle, but in Turkish, but mostly videos because people are calling me and asking prices and then checking for the courses and then checking the hotels and, uh, flights and whatsoever so it costs a lot and they have to leave their place this is the main problem so if I can uh, come up with a online platform that you can check even with your cell phone before your bedtime this can be cool so I can reach out more people and my to be honest, main mission or my main experience, I would say, is on sustainability. So I'm working on that as well. I don't want to say too much, but I have, let's say, around five, six kilo frozen coffees, both green and roasted. So I'm trying to find a way for mainly roasteries or home and home baristas that you can buy expensive coffees. You don't need to roast immediately and brew. So you can freeze your green and save for this time of period. And then you can buy roasted coffee, for example, like Geisha for a very expensive price and you can freeze and uh, you can enjoy for a longer period so I explained a little bit this freezing coffees vacuum packing and then freezing on a forum Turkish forum and now most of the people are freezing coffees here home baristas which is pretty good because uh, they can buy more coffee, they can get cheaper prices and they can save money. So, which is really good. So I think we need to focus on sustainability more and more since Mm -hmm. this is lockdown. I think this lockdown can teach us a lot or we can focus on many things a lot, which is really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, me, my main mission is working on sustainability. I think, and, 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 and I think, look, like you said, the lockdown has hopefully, you know, for, for the lucky ones like myself, where, you know, I have a roof and I have basic essentials, has given opportunities to think, opportunities to create, and, you know, like you said. Um, and sustainability is a big topic, I think, ultimately, it, it, it comes down to one principle, in my opinion, which is 
each individual's actions have consequences on the planet. And we just need to be conscious on what and how and when we buy anything. So it's not just recycling. It's not just uh, uh, plastic free. It's always okay. What was required to make a liter of milk? How much water? How much electricity? How much land? How much deforestation? Uh, uh, same with, you know, um, you know, I don't know, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a metropolitan city like Melbourne, right now it's winter, but we still have tomatoes from maybe America. So, okay, if you buy that tomato, uh, your footprint is quite bad, yeah. you know. Same with a lot of different ingredients. So I think we are much more in control than what we believe, but I think that people's mindset is set on, well, someone will figure it out and they will fix it, which is okay. It's, it, it's okay. It's very normal. Like we all kind of hope, some, a lot of us, is that hope the governments or agencies or companies to come up with solutions. You know, they think that's their job. I also think that we can really help individually speaking with what we choose and how we choose and how consciously and mindfully we are and understanding and learning what's behind what we get. Um, but ultimately there's no perfection as well because I, you know, that's the other part, you know, yeah. we need to be comfortable with the idea that perfection doesn't exist. Even if you are, uh, you know, vegan, uh, plastic free, minimalist, you still, creating something bad somewhere yes. in the chain there's no perfection that's for sure yeah exactly you're right and um yeah but it's good it's good you focus on sustainability and uh frozen coffee is uh, is, uh, is hitting big wave here in melbourne too so i'm, I'm glad yeah. you know, there's a yeah, we, yeah i mean focusing on uh, sustainability helped me a lot on my job as well uh, especially on consulting and training. So we used to throw away the, the retention when you do grind setting on grinders. Now we are saving, collecting those uh, particles and then we are using a, a lot there. Just a second. Someone is yeah, locking no the door. Yeah, so guys, uh... There you have it. It's, uh, it's been uh, an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, thank you, Nukel, for what you said. And uh, I appreciate your comments. And uh, yeah, but um, no, don't be sorry. It's okay. Cargo, cargo guy came. So yeah, now we are using those particles on latte art and then we are saving a lot on milk because I found a way to use the milk, same milk, for at least four or five times. So on trainings, we, we used to spend like 40 to 50 liters milk per person. Now we are wasting, let's say, like 12 to 15. So which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. definitely very good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, Listen, we, we're reaching slowly the end because Instagram will chop this yeah. off very quickly. They give you only 30 second countdown. Um, so I just want to leave you a couple of big questions so we can give you plenty of time. Um, so what would you like to see 
in the future of coffee, both in the world as well as uh, in uh, in Turkey. And uh, Andre is saying hello to you. Uh, yeah. Hey, Andre. We were, we were just talking about sustainability, Andre. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, uh, he loves sustainability, so we were just talking about that, Andre. Miss you. Uh, <laughs> so, what was the question? Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> what, what, what would you like yeah. to see in coffee, uh, in, in the future of coffee, both worldwide from farm, also to uh, big cities as well as uh, Turkey? So to be honest, for farms, I want to see we pay more for farmers because I visited uh, farms in El Salvador and uh, just a second. Sorry. No, you're right. Good morning, Abigail. Hello. Good morning. I'm on a live stream. Hold on for a second. Yeah, so if we pay more for farmers, because I visited them and I saw them and they save some of the coffee bags in their bed, bedrooms. So this is not good. Or the, the, the way they live is not good. So for the farmers at farm level, I want to see this. I want to see we pay more for farmers. Uh, at the coffee shop level, I want to see more, I would say, better hospitality, especially in Turkey. And I would say better, uh, how can I say this? I want to see the, 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 the chains or the way that your coffee goes through more openly, right? Like where you're buying, which coffee is this, how you roast, how you brew, uh, what you are getting. I don't want to see you read what's written in the back, especially in a coffee shop. And when I try to reach someone, I can reach easily. Especially if this one for home brewers or home baristas. So, yeah, yeah no, this is what I want to see. I, I want to see more sustainable businesses, not like everyone else is jumping coffee business because they think there are a lot of profit, which is not. There's, you do a lot of passion and you do a lot of it. Look, yeah. I'm, I. I always say I run a social media. I mean, I've been in coffee nine years, and uh, even though I run a social media agency, if money was what I wanted, I would probably do social media for dentists or plastic surgeons because I can charge seven, eight times higher. Instead, I worked with coffee roasters and cafes, and I can't charge as much as I can charge other industries. You do it out of love. You do it out of passion. You do it because you you know you 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 feel that sort of need to create together yeah. uh, and look in terms of sustainability um, maybe you're gonna like this but there's actually because um, I think waste is something that interests you but in Melbourne there's a company called reground and what they do is basically a cafe sign up with them and they every day with their band they go and collect uh, all the waste uh, the, the pucks 
um, and they reutilize that into, I think it's like, what is the do fertilizer? Like they, they actually repurposely use that rather than going to waste. So it's quite, yeah. it's quite interesting, yeah. I send our pucks to a friend of mine. She's doing uh, scrubs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, she uses them as well. But this is a little, little, not big or I cannot save the world, but I mean, maybe well, the, the, the coffee shops can do this. It can be better or yeah. it can make more difference. It goes back to what I say, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We all do what we can as individuals yeah. as long as we are aware of it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, where is having shorter showers, where is your diet? Uh, eating different than, 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 than you know, or whether it's using 12 liters of milk rather than 50. We do what we can and we, we just have to keep going. But uh, Nissan, it's been uh, such a pleasure having you. Um, do you have anything else left to say that you want to yeah, share? I mean, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a big honor to be here. Thank you. And yeah, be safe. Yeah, likewise. And maybe uh, we should do this again in a couple of months. Maybe uh, yeah. we can change it up. If you have any ideas, we can have a little... Maybe we yeah. can have a traditional Turkish uh, coffee tutorial live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. You show maybe the way you make them. Yeah, different recipes maybe. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's keep in touch. I love it. Yeah. It was so nice to meet you, man. I really feel blessed to meet you. And, uh, you I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, brother. And you have yeah. a good day, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, brother. There you have it, guys. Um, it was uh, very nice to hear um, all the things that Nissan has to share, um, the reality of Turkey, the reality of the Turkish uh, coffee scene. It's super nice because I'm here in Melbourne. He's all the way in Istanbul, and I'm managing to talk to him and uh, get an understanding of what it is like in Turkey, despite that I can't fly there and see it myself. And I think it's important to share with the world that coffee is such a ver beautiful, versatile uh, yeah, tradition and uh, every country has their ways and every country has the story behind the history, culture. And uh, it's good that we can share it with you online. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you're well. Thank you very much for all your comments, especially who's still here. I know Instagram has been a bit, uh, be a bit, you know, restrictive lately with me, but that's okay. It's part of the game, and uh, I appreciate you if you're still listening on the podcast or on YouTube, wherever you are. If you're new, um, I would love if you took a screenshot, uh, reshare this with your friends and family, or on your Instagram, your social media. The more people know about this podcast, the better it is. If you're listening to it, uh, you can just share it straight into your Instagram stories and make a recommendation to your to people who would like and enjoy this type of content. Today was episode 75. It's a big achievement, and there's going to be plenty more, and there's a big surprise for episode 100. But until then, take care, stay safe, and keep drinking awesome coffee.